Mr. Chocolate Myers, legendary crewman of the number three Richard Childress racing Chevrolet Impala, Monte Carlo, whatever you want to call it. Also available on Sirius. <laughs> and host. Yeah. Uh, if you could describe this lunch we had in one word, what would it be? Fabulous is my word. <laughs> I love it. Uh, look, I, I talk about things for me are fabulous, and this lunch has been fabulous. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious, too. Stay yep. for the beans. What? The come beans the, were amazing. Come for the conversation. Stay, Stay for, for the, the beans. beans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you'll have more conversation. <laughs> <laughs> And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to Dinner with Racers. Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley, alongside my co-host and partner, Sean Heckman. Season three. There it is. Right. We are on day 34 of this crazy season three trip. We've gone something like 13,000 miles, driven across 25 states, all to bring you a third season of free Dinners with Racer podcast episodes for you to complain about on Racer Comments Boards. Woo! 29 of these things! <laughs> we got to go to the Richard Childress Racing Shop and Museum and see Chocolate Myers in action in the booth when he's working for SiriusXM on his TV show, Train Paint. And then he gave us a quick little tour, and then we had some awesome barbecue with him. Now, if you don't know Chocolate Meyer's story, Chocolate is one of these sort of legends of NASCAR. Uh, his, his big claim to fame was he was part of the Flying Aces pit crew for Richard Childress Racing. He basically has known Richard Childress since they were kids. He was part of Richard Childress' stock car team when they started in the late 70s, kind of jumped back and forth a little bit, and then kind of settled in with the team all throughout the 80s and was literally the gas man for Dale Earnhardt Sr. during four of his cup championships and has a lot of great stories to talk about, just in general from the era. When you think Chocolate Myers, you gotta think bigger than life personality. It was really cool to get to sit down with him. But more than that, seeing all the pictures of him on the wall at the RCR Museum, super cool, absolute legend. So some of the things you're gonna hear about are things like the classic stories of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, or learning what a flat pad is. His thoughts on people inside the sport who crap on it, dumb questions on the radio, and getting a hickey, from Dale Earnhardt. Senior. Senior. All right, so on, uh, fittingly, National Food Day, <laughs> uh, we headed out to Curly's Barbecue in Lexington, North Carolina. I had the uh, just a basic barbecue sandwich, the mac and cheese, the baked beans, which were unreal. I had second helpings on the baked beans. Truly amazing baked beans, which went really, really well with their chicken sandwich. That's Wait, what? Yes, I had the chicken sandwich. But let's move on. Thanks again to uh, Acura for this lovely MDX. Thank you to Dario Franchitti for uh, driving us this whole way. Are you really going to eat that? Yes, I am. Yes, he is. Get Just your own. drive. Get your own. God. Anyway, and of course, a uh, huge thank you to our lovely sponsor. Continental Tire. Nope. Continental Tire? Again. Continental Tire. And the cross-contact Alex Sport. Nailed it. Chocolate Myers. Who you can listen to every day from 11 to 3 on Sirius XM on Trade and Paint. Again, that's Trade and Paint on Sirius XM 11 to 3 daily. With Chocolate Myers. Chocolate Myers. Chocolate Myers.
Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Is that because that's when the popularity and the money came in? Yeah. It made that possible? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's kind of funny because I, I think a lot of people think it's been like this forever, you know? Right. But from about 85 to about 95 or 2000, it was unfreaking believable. Yeah. Every time you went to the racetrack, it was bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. Yeah. And then, and, and but you know, I think the product right now is better than it's ever been. Sure. Better than it's ever been. Uh, but we, as societies, changed more than, mm-hmm. they talk about how much the sports changed, societies changed more than yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, it, not only was it at NASCAR's popularity, like, height, but yeah. also you're going with the legend. You know, your team is, oh, thank you. Uh, you're going in there wearing the three on your back. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, the guys like like they they called Junior Redneck Jesus, but come on now, oh, yeah. like it was, it was oh, yeah. Senior that started that, yeah. right? It was unbelievable. Yeah. That's got to be like right. the equivalent of walking into a stadium for a rock show in your ACDC oh, or yeah. something. You know, what I mean? oh, yeah. like everybody's going crazy. Everybody and 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 you know I've told uh, people before it's kind of like when you were away from the racetrack. Why we didn't get in more trouble than we did? <laughs> because it's going like, hey, right? Like, like, here, let me get you a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. If if uh, the heyday of RCR, if there was Twitter, then would you would you have been fired? Boy, it'd have been close. Yeah. Uh, but, but the, the, well, no, because Childress was one of us. Ah, uh, copyright. He was copy. as bad or worse than we were. You know, I mean, yeah. we, you know, we, we we raced hard. We played hard. We worked hard. Everything was wide open. Uh, and the only rule was, by God, you better be here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You it, it, wasn't, it wasn't one of those deals where, where you got to be in the bed at 9 o'clock on a race night. No, you better. That damn gate opens at 7 o'clock in the morning. You better be the first ones through it. And ready to work. And ready to go. So you could yeah. get to your hotel at 5 a.m. as long as you were good to go at 7. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're getting the job done, they don't mind. How often did that happen to you? <laughs> uh I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm sure it happened to all of us back in the day a little bit. I, I've uh, I've told people before that wasn't important when that wasn't important. You, you know what I'm saying? Copy, copy. Yeah, you yeah. know, here's here's so if you're out raising hell and everybody else is out raising hell, you're all still on the level playing field. Yeah, right? yeah. Right. Not, when you're out raising hell and those other guys are in the bed and been working out and doing, all, <laughs> then it changes. You know, it yeah, changes. Yeah, right. <laughs> How long have you been coming to this place? This place has moved. It's been here as long as we've been in Welcome. Okay. But when you're in North Carolina, everything is barbecue, you know, mm-hmm. or, yeah. or here in Lexington. So this is Curly's. Um, Billy Bob's is up here. Speedy's is down there. I love that those are real names. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've been around forever. Yeah. I talk about the barbecue mafia a little bit. <laughs> uh, Proceed. We've now got a Chick-fil-A. Oh, it's going to open up. Okay. And, Game changer. And, and, well, and just to put that in perspective, like here, in, here in Welcome, North Carolina, there's not a chain in sight when we no. grew up the well, road. Well, there's a Bojangles and a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then you go about a mile, and there's a Taco Bell that's brand new. Okay. So it's, uh, yeah. But but trying to get a trying to get into Lexington, Yeah. and you're not a barbecue place, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure those permits were hard to come by. <laughs> 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 no, it's kind of like I grew up in Winston-Salem. Okay. R.J. Reynolds. Had a lock on the town. I mean, they 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 ran the town. Yeah, sure. So they kind of controlled everything that was around town. Yeah. They paid good wages, but they kept the unions out. 
okay. because they pay, they paid enough. They, they they kept their people happy enough right. that they didn't. They were satisfied. And they're like, look, you yeah. got a Carvels. What do you want? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> right. Between you and me, yeah. I'm from Los Angeles. I'm here too. Yeah. Should I never mention that uh, outside of you? When I'm in town. No, we don't care. Oh, you're all no, right. Yeah. So full, yeah, like full care. Yankee territory. It's okay. No, 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 okay. no. It's just, it's all good. Well, you think Kevin Harvick drive for him? He's from California. Yeah, but he's from Bakersfield. Yeah. That's not the same. <laughs> that is not the same. That's <laughs> that's not L.A. It is not. <laughs> right. not it's LA. Like North L.A., right? <laughs> <laughs> so within the RCR kind of family, you're a unique unique case because I mean you've known. If, if legend has it, you've known Richard since yeah. you're like 13 years old, yeah. selling concessions at uh, at the track. So, so let me let me lay it out for you. I lay my history out a little bit for you guys. Sure. I think you'll enjoy this. And uh, you looked in my office there for a few minutes, so we didn't have yeah. time to talk about it. But uh, there's a picture in there of one of my dad's old race cars. So, yeah. my dad was one of the early pioneers in the sport. He was really good, yeah. really really good yeah. for back in the day. You know, the sport just starts. You know, the the war's over with, and and he's doing really good with racing. And um, your dad, Bobby Myers. Bobby yeah. was yeah. my dad, the master of the madhouse. He is. Uh, his brother was Billy. Yeah. So it was Bobby and Billy. And then, you know, things start getting a little bit better and a little bit better, and they're winning. And, and then there's this new form of racing, Grand National Racing, mm-hmm. you know, and and now it's cup racing, but it's yeah. the same thing. And, you know, every once in a while he'd get an opportunity to do that. And in 1957 he got the opportunity of a lifetime uh, to go drive for Lee Petty. And uh, I was just a kid, man. Yeah, but I remember right. going to the Petty's garage yeah. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, my dad went to Darlington and, and uh, qualified second. This for then, the Southern 500. Southern 500, yeah. 1957. Qualified second and uh, went out and led a lap or two. But anyway, early in the race, uh, got involved in a crash and, and lost his life. So because of that, because we, and I say we, my brother and I, we, we were pretty close to the same age. Uh, we were the Myers boys, you know. So. Yeah. We lived on the south side of Winston-Salem, and Bowman Gray Stadium is on the south side of Winston-Salem. Yep. Uh, so okay. yeah. we could either get Mama to take us, ride a bicycle, walk, or whatever we could to go to Bowman Gray Stadium, which, by the way, is the longest-running weekly series in NASCAR history, yeah. 70 years. Wow. Uh, been, been racing there for 70 years. Okay. We would go there, and because we were the Myers boys, you know, we they'd let us in. Yeah. And then we would go in, and, and by the way, we were just a couple of poor kids. You know, yeah. we, we grew up on the tough side of town and, right. and, and didn't have a whole lot, yeah. you know. Uh, but we would go there, so we would sell whatever, programs, whatever you could anything yeah, yeah, we yeah, could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's where I met Richard Childress. You know, okay. we were all selling stuff in the, in the stands. And you, you were how old? Uh, Gosh, I was, I was back then, you named it about right, yeah. and, and about 13, 14 years okay. old. Uh, Richard's a couple years older than I am. As soon as... Richard was able to. He got him an old race car, but you could go racing for $99. Right. <laughs> they had the $99 claiming division, right? Okay. So. That'd be like GT4? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, 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 and by the way, for anybody that don't know this, so you would have an old jalopy and yeah. you would race it. If you would spend way too much money, on, then somebody come out of the stands when the race was over and go, I claimed that car. You either had to sell it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or you couldn't bring it back the next week. Right. Right? Oh, wow. So okay, it yeah, kept yeah. you from, it, it kept like, the guy with a lot of money. That's like modern lemons racing, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it kept the guy from a lot of money to, it, it, it kept that it kind even, of the, right? And it wasn't like a hard, it wasn't a written rule. Yeah. This was just like the rule of the jungle kind of so thing. So then the next, the next step was, uh, and it was a fast step too. You went from the claiming division and Richard got an old modified car. Okay. 
Uh, matter of fact, it's kind of like the one sitting inside yeah, the, the museum up there. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Richard got him an old modified car, and then I had uh, an old race car as well. And then Richard decides, and, and, and so let me explain NASCAR to the people that don't know. So NASCAR starts in the late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. War's over. But it wasn't like stock car racing didn't exist in an yeah. organized right, form. Right, 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 right. 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 It was organized. Yeah. NASCAR. And then, and then they go from all of a sudden the economy's good, people are, things are better. Yeah. What do they do? They come out with a convertible race car, right? So NASCAR says, hey, these convertibles are popular. Let's race convertibles. Yeah. Yeah. So they were racing convertibles, and the convertibles lasted. They did their run, well, I don't know, seven, eight years maybe. Right. What's the next thing that comes along? In, in, in the late 60s, uh, the pony car, right. the Mustang, right. the Camaro, yeah, yeah. the right. Javelin, the yeah. Firebird. So Childress has an opportunity then. He says, hey, man, you know, I'm going to – NASCAR starting this new series. I'm going to build me a Camaro. So Richard builds him a Camaro uh, in his carport at home. I'm right out of high school, 1969. So Richard never finished high school. Oh. Uh, and, and one of the things that he regrets to this day, you know. He's done uh, all right. Yeah, he's done very, We drove very past well. his vineyard. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah it's all, right. all good. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't go by the house, which is maybe right. a little more impressive than that. <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, I'm right out of high school. He says, you want to go to Daytona? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. So here we go, 1969, we go to Daytona. Going to go down and run the uh, Grand American Series, the Grand American Race. We go to Daytona. And my God, it was unbelievable because, you know, the only place that we'd been would have been places like Bowman Gray Stadium and that, but we'd never been anywhere where they give you stuff, you know. Okay. And you get to Daytona and it's like, hey, you guys want a couple of cases of STP? Here, take right. some engine. Right. Ah, yeah. right. You guys need yeah. t shirts? Yeah. Hey, uh, you, you need your carburetor worked on? Take it to the Holly place. Right. The gauge is in your car, okay? Oh, you want some cases of spark plugs? Right. Dude, we got so much stuff that we we had enough stuff that we thought we were going to be able to race forever. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Race there in Daytona, 1969. Richard qualified pretty good. They ran the road course, by yeah. the way, yeah. uh, in the early days of mm-hmm. the Grand American. Ran the road course. Something breaks and he falls out of the race. We load up and we start home. We used every drop of oil, right? Every can of STP, everything that we could get our hands on. To get home because the truck was was the truck was smoking it was knocking everything went wrong we we made it home we made it home with that old truck and then richard gets him another truck uh, i don't know whether it was a couple of weeks sure. or a month later I, I don't know next race was richmond virginia i'm out of school i don't have anything yeah, yeah. to do, Let's go. Go. Let's do it. dude you want to go to richmond absolutely, absolutely. here we go to richmond yeah yeah Going to go have another Grand American race. We yeah. get to Richmond. As we drive into the racetrack, <laughs> it quits running. All right, right. Break of time and change. You need more of those cases. In other words, yeah. blew up. Yeah, you're yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Get into the racetrack, unload the car, work on the car. We race that day. Richard comes up to me and says, need you to do me a favor. What do you need? I need you to stay up here and look after this stuff. We'll, we'll, we're going to pull it over to this little motel right i got to ride home i got to go to work tomorrow i can't afford to lose my job richard worked for uh douglas battery a battery manufacturing okay. company uh still located in west salem I don't, it's a different name now but yeah he got he, he got back in home got back home in time to go to work worked all the next day right 
gets off work, borrows another truck, <laughs> drives all the way back to uh, <laughs> Richmond, yeah. gets in there about midnight. Yeah. And we load the truck with the car on the back of it on the back of the other truck. <laughs> <laughs> Drive all night long to get home because, once again, he's got to go to work the next mm-hmm. day, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I told this story forever and ever, and a lot of people found it hard to believe, didn't yeah, believe yeah. it or whatever yeah. reason. When we built the new race shop, we got a we got a little wall in there kind of showing you the beginning of Richard Childress Racing. Mm-hmm. And Richard's wife, Judy, found a picture of us backed up into the – Front yard yeah. in a ditch, <laughs> so we could unload the truck with the car on the back of it right. on the back of the other truck. So uh, that's that's kind of the way it started. Now, while I'm on that subject, I'll uh, I'll share another one with you that you guys are racers and you, you you you'll love this story. And by the way, my stories when I tell you something, write it down. Take, take it it, it's it's the real deal. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't yeah. do. You know, this is not a story that somebody told my brother's cousin's right. Right. third right. grade teacher. Right. You know. So anyway, <laughs> during that same time, there were three guys that were driving together, kind of running together. Richard Childress, Ernie Shaw, and Bobby Fleming, right? Mm-hmm. All had Grand America cars, all yep. from pretty close here together. Okay. So we tried to do a lot of things together. It saved some money, you know, tow together, whatever we could. So 1969, I think could have been 70, but I'm pretty sure it's 69. We go on this big trip. We're going to go racing Jackson, Mississippi, and Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Probably had no business in this world of doing it, but we did it anyway. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so we go down, and so uh, Richard Childress, Tim Brewer was helping Richard. I was helping Ernie Shaw, and. Bobby Fleming had a guy named Mike that helped him. We get to one of them, and Bobby crashes. And he driver's side to the wall, yeah. knocks him out. Okay. They load him up, take him to the hospital. And back then, they didn't have an ambulance service. The racetrack probably bought an old ambulance from somebody we and had, had it there. You know, yeah, so yeah, right. They load Bobby up in the ambulance. They take him off to the hospital, and we load everything up and go back to the room. And Bobby gets back over there that night. Bobby Fleming, by the way, from Danville, Virginia. Yep, yep. And Lovely if, town. If you've ever talked to somebody from Danville. We go there every year. They, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you run yeah. this racetrack, right? Right, right. 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 VIR, yeah. So <laughs> you run it. You, you're talking about the people from Danville, That's Virginia. Right. Right. You know, they, yep. they, they've got a strong accent. Mm-hmm. Bobby gets back over to, the, uh, to wherever we were staying, and Bobby says, where are we at? Uh, we're in <laughs> Jackson, Mississippi. How how did we get down here? Bobby, you drove us down here. He says, how long have we been here? So anyway, Mike, the guy that was with Bobby, said, y'all not going to believe this. We had to stop on the way to the ambulance, on the way to the hospital with the ambulance and get $5 worth of gas. <laughs> <laughs> I told this story, guys, forever. Right. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite stories. It's been maybe 10 years ago now, maybe a little bit less, but uh, my wife and I went over to Greensboro, yeah. uh, North Carolina. They had a, we went for one thing, but while we were there, they were having a go-kart race in the other part of the As building. You do. Yeah, yeah. Bobby okay. Fleming had his grandkids oh, racing cool. go-karts. Yeah, you know? cool. okay. We walk out of the place. Dang, I run into Bobby Fleming. Yeah. I said, Bobby, 
when I tell my racing stories, I, I want to make sure that they're accurate. Authentic, yeah. sure. I just told Bobby the same story I told you. Am I right? He went, well, you left one part out. I said, what did I leave out? He said, I had to loan them $5 to get the gas. <laughs> the dude in the back. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway, uh, you know, that was back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you do on his impact test? Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. impact test. Yeah. Right, yeah. Hey, how many fingers am I yeah, holding? Exactly. That was yeah. the impact test. Do you have $5? Yeah. yeah. Yes, you're so, fine. You're good. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> so, later on, you know, um, Richard, is, you know, he, the Grand American thing, is it, it lasts for a while for Richard. He builds him a race car. He's going to go Grand National Racing later that year. By the way, this is one of the most important parts to the story. Later that year, uh, he went to Talladega, uh, going to race the Grand America cars on Saturday, raced on Saturday. And remember, that's 1969. That's the boycott. Yep. Yeah. And Bill France comes to him and says, we're going to have a race tomorrow. I want you guys, if you will, stay. Richard's one of them that decided to stay there and race. So they raced. To, to make sure they had a race, they raced the big cars and the little cars together. Sure. Yeah. I couldn't imagine how that would work today. Right, yeah. yeah. But yeah. but back then, that's what they had to do. You so that it. was the beginning of Richard Childress racing. You know, I went off and did some other things, and Richard raced for a while, and we were still friends, and I'd run into him every once in a while. And my cousin, we raced together uh, back in the day a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, went off to try to make a living, and uh, and then... And uh, in the early 80s, sitting at, at my mom's house, watching a recorded race on TV, which was dang near unbelievable. You know, you didn't, there was nothing live every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, it was all like wide. I remember watching that race. Yeah. And I remember seeing Richard and Tim Brewer and some of the other guys. And I said, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to get back into racing. What, what been- line of work had you gone into? Dude, I did everything. I was I worked at the Chevrolet dealership. I was a cable TV guy. Right. I worked at the Harley place. Yeah. It just yeah. it, and and by the way, had just been doing stupid stuff too. You know, okay. we'll, I went through the biker thing. I did. Uh, I did the whole okay. thing. Right. You know? right we'll right. explain this later. I promise. But yeah. did you work at any sort of mill? I've never worked at a mill. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, there's we'll plenty get to that of later. them here. <laughs> I like okay. how he said it yeah. with so much authority. Yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll explain that later. Yeah. But okay. But. So, uh, I decide I want to go back racing. So, I go to Junior Johnson. And Junior likes to tell this story because Junior says he's responsible for me working at Children's. He kind of is. I go to Junior's, and and I'm a little bit nervous, man, and I go up there. Because, see, back in the early days, they ran at Bowman Gray Stadium after my dad dies and my uncle passes away. At Bowman Gray Stadium, for years and years, they had the the Myers Brothers Memorial Race, which was a grand national race, a cup race at Bowman Gray Stadium. So So (laughs) we were kids going over there. So, you know, know, my my mom and we all came down to present the trophy. So most of the people knew who we were. They were good friends of my dad. So I remember going up to see Junior, and I said, "Uh, uh, Mr. Johnson, I don't know whether you remember me or not. Uh, Bobby Myers was my, oh, yeah, I remember you. And I said, uh, you know, I I really think I want to get into racing. And I know that you're starting a new team and everything. He said, well. And you're like late 20s at this point? No, I'm I'm, I'm 30-something then. Because, see, I'm an old guy. We'll get into that, too. We don't believe it. So, anyway, (laughs) uh, he says, well, you know, he said, I've got everybody I need right now, he said, but I'll tell you something. He said, you want to go down there and see Richard Childress? He said, I believe he's going to make something out of that place. Okay. And so I went to see Richard, 
I did not know it at the time, but Richard told me years later, he said, I never planned on hiring a, a friend or anybody or a relative again. Yeah. I, it don't seem to work out like that for business. But anyway, sure. uh, I walked in the door at the right time. Perfect timing. Richard, do you need any help? No, I don't need any help at all right now with the race car. But I tell you what I do need. I just bought a bunch of machinery that was in a machine shop that burned down. I'm going to clean it and fix it and resell it. Would you be interested in doing that? It's not here. Uh, I've got a building rented up the road a little ways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I go up and I start cleaning this machinery. Now, I'd clean the machinery. Then I'd run up to the race shop to see if they had anything I could borrow. And the guys would see me. It was... Look, when I say the guys, it was four guys, right, maybe yeah, five yeah, guys. Yeah. I'd run up there and they'd go, hey, you want to help clean these wheels? And I would do whatever it was. Yeah. Been there. And then I would go, hey, um, you guys got any room? I'll go to the race with you this weekend. Yeah. So I started in uh, 83, about halfway through the season, and got to go to most of the races that year. I missed a few of them that they had to fly to or there wasn't a room. Right. And then Childress comes to me. And he says, how would you like to go to Riverside, California? Uh, Are you kidding people. me? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Never been to California. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. This was, I'm a young guy. Right. I've never been to California. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah, and, right. I go, and in your mind, Riverside, it's like Hollywood yeah. gets in glamour. Oh, yeah. You have palm yeah, exactly. trees everywhere. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stars. Yeah. It's so close to uh, Montana. Yeah. And now, as Paul Harvey famously said, now, the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I got this new truck driver that I don't know that well. Yeah. yeah. I need you to ride with him. Yeah, yeah. I rode, <laughs> not drove, yeah, rode, rode in a tractor trailer to Riverside, California. Yep. We understand this. Yeah. And back. Yep. Nice. Went out and raced out there, and uh, I got back, and we were uh, had already made the deal with Dale Earnhardt to come back. Richard Childress Racing. Ricky Rudd was driving the car at Riverside. Yeah. Uh, I was at a, I was with him at Martinsville, which Ricky won the race in 83. That was the first time I was a part of a race win. Yeah. Uh, the only other race that they'd ever won at, at, at RCR, they won the race at Riverside earlier right. in, in 83. So um, Earnhardt comes to, to work the end of the season, and we start testing. And I said, hey, I'll go. So I'd go do all those tests, and we would go and, and, and just work our tail off. And then in the beginning of the 84 season, I was working uh, regular for Richard. Yeah. You, you're going to love this part of it, too. <laughs> I mean, my God, there were no limit on testing there. And, yeah. and Richard had made up his mind, I'll do whatever i got to do to make this work. Yeah. It, was his, it was his ticket, his golden ticket. Yeah. And he was going to make sure that it all worked. So uh, – I don't know how long it had been. It had been four or five months. I don't know. Kirk Shammerdine was the crew chief. Shammerdine came up to me and he said, how you doing with all this? And I went, Kurt, I'll be honest with you. I said, it's, it's about all I can do. Uh, you know, we're gone so much. Right. It's, he said, well, your per diem helps, don't it? And I said, huh? what's per diem? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Richard. So, I'm going, I'm, I'm going racing. All the time, <laughs> right. and paying for it out of my pocket, right. made two hundred dollars uh, yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. then, uh, and so then, uh, <laughs> Richard says, 
Shamardy talks to me, puts me, and, and then I go full time, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was full time, yeah, right, but right, evidently, right. evidently, the company at that time wasn't big enough sure. to support me. So anyway, so my actual hire date, instead of being sometime in '83, right. is sometimes in '84. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but but from there on out, man, it was. What? My God, it was incredible. I'm hearing two things about Richard early on, which I'm yeah. really liking. Is that he? This is why we know he's a success in racing yeah. because racing is a unique beast. When he first got started, he was already conning and borrowing things yep. right. to make it all work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was hosing his friends. <laughs> so like, that's, that's the only way to succeed yeah, well, if you want to be in racing. I get it. So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you this. And, and, and this is uh, pretty important as well. Sure. I remember going to Daytona in 1984 and, and walking into that racetrack at... 703, 705. Yeah, they opened the at 7. Open. Yeah, yeah. 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 And walking into that racetrack and walking around that corner, and there stood Richard Childress. Ready with you guys. He said, yeah. well, yeah, he was there. Yeah. But it's what he said. Next time that gate opens, if you're not the first one to do it, I'll fire every damn one of you. Yeah. I'm going to make this work. That's uh, the last time I was late. Yeah, and it wasn't really three minutes. You, you, yeah, wouldn't, right. you wouldn't even call that late. Yeah, right, right. But I understood it. Yeah, yeah. Principal. And and he was that guy. He was that guy that was at every test, that was with us every minute, that was under the hood, that was under the car, that right. was changing the gear, yeah. that was doing the spark plugs, that whatever, because he knew that he had to do that or it was not going to work. Right. He had Dale Earnhardt that they had made this agreement, you know. In the in the early '80s, when when Dale came over and raced a half a year, that they wanted to to, to race together again. Mm-hmm. So he made that deal. Oh, by the way, Earnhardt used to come in here too. Hey, so that's yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. That's one, one <laughs> reason I awesome. shared that with you. Yeah. yeah. So he did it, man. He he. You know, I I, I went to a, a a big deal one night. One of these big parties where all the money folks come in, and yeah. and I heard one of those guys, very wealthy guy tell this story and I've stole that story because I've, I've told it about Richard Childress before too and, and, and the guy told the story he said you know I, I grew up uh, I was the son of a sharecropper grew up down in Mississippi and he said and uh, we lived in a little house man on this big ass farm mm-hmm. he said and, and, and that man that owned that place he said I grew up hating that guy hated him he said he had so much and we had so little. Right. Yeah. He said, "You know, after I, after I was gone and away, I realized if it hadn't been for that one guy, we'd have starved to death." Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so, so that guy that that had it all, because he had it all, we were able to survive. survive. And, yeah. and and look, I, I look at Richard the same way. Man, he has been so successful, but nobody gave it to him. Right. He had yeah. to get out and work for it. So. Yeah. I, th- I think that what he's been able to accomplish is, has been unbelievable. Yeah. Whenever you can describe it, if he's at the gate with you guys at 7 a.m. on the dot, and yeah. if he's there changing spark plugs and getting underneath the car, this isn't his only job. I mean, he's got other stuff that he's working on. Oh, he's yeah, getting yeah, the sure. whole thing funded. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. – Yeah. Yeah, but he was and, – and look, you know, uh, back in those days, it was all about racing, right? Yeah. You didn't have to worry about all the stuff that came along with it. Yeah. 
you know, and, and doing Sirius XM NASCAR radio, I talk about these things mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And we have to have rules. We want the playing field to be level. We want everybody to have the same opportunity. You don't want to have one guy to have an advantage. So you have to have rules, and mm-hmm. we've had to make rules. And, you know, the, 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 the racer's job is to try to break the rules. Right. So NASCAR has to make the rules a little tougher, and, and, and we, we got that big battle. But this sport right now today, oh, my God. You know, guys, I'll tell you something. One of the – because of my age and because I know everybody in the area and one of the things that happens to me a lot, I get the old-timers that come up. Yeah, well, I just ain't as – it ain't like it used to be. Sure. No. It's nowhere near like it used to be. And I'll, I'll, I'll use this example. This is a pretty good one. I'll go. So when did you like it? Uh, back when Richard Petty and them boys was ready. Oh, that, now that was racing. I go, all right. So let me share a great story with you. <laughs> Here we go. 1976 Daytona 500. One of the greatest races in the history of the sport, right? If they got a list of great races, that's near the top. Did you like it then? Oh, I, I loved it back then. That, that was, okay. So David Pearson wins that race, right? Yeah. You do realize that he was the only car on the lead lap, right? Right. Exactly. Right. Do yeah. what? We have that same conversation. Yeah. No, because, so, yeah. because Petty spun out. He didn't make it back to the, to the line. Yeah. So he finished second one lap down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Benny Parsons finished third two laps down. Right. 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 You know that the fourth place guy was three laps down. Yeah. You know that the fifth place guy was four laps down. And I can go down the list, and then I get to this part. Richard Childress either finished ninth, ten laps down, or tenth, nine laps down. <laughs> right, right. That's not a good Other way. than those two guys, there was not a race yeah. right. on the racetrack. Yeah. yeah. You know, so have we manipulated the system? Sure we have. We got the wave around. We got this. We got that. But all the things we got have made this sport better than it's ever been, in my opinion. And then now we got the playoffs. Holy, we're relevant, man. Yeah. Right. We're relevant. Do you yeah. know uh, you know Alex Bowman well? I don't know him that well. I think you I think you'd like him because yeah. he we met with him the other night and yeah. I, I the angle I like on him is that he's a car guy, not necessarily the typical stock car kid that right, grew up right, on the dirt right. tracks. He's good. He's really that. good, but he's like he's all about like low rider yeah. street cars and stuff, you yeah. know. Um, but he pointed that out to us, and he's twenty four years old. Yeah. yeah, and he said, you know, the thing that Owen always says is that back in the day it was this and that, and he's like, those races were two oh, laps, no. three laps in the lead. Oh, we're yeah. like, you're twenty four. And you yep. get that. And you get that. It's, yeah. it's the exact same thing in sports car because people complain a lot these days about there's a whole rules process in sports car where they're trying to equalize all the cars. Like, ah, it's not like it used to be. It's like, yeah, but in 93, the Toyotas would win yep. the 24 by 15 laps over so, everybody right. else. It's right. the same thing. So let me give you another another sure. good example. Is this mine or yours? Yeah, that's you. I'm taking Those it. beans are amazing. Yeah. So let me give you another good example. And, and we were talking a few minutes ago about the things that we used to do and how much fun we used to have <laughs> and staying yep. out and all this. And, and all that's true. We were the we were the road crew, the pit crew, and the guys that worked on the car. Right. We got to the racetrack in the morning. We worked our tail off till we got the car on the line. Yeah. We run in the truck. We changed clothes. Well, maybe back in those days, didn't have changed clothes. We went out. Uh, were the, we were the pit crew. Yeah. The flying aces, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. Race is over. You load it all up and go home. Yeah. And that was okay because everybody did the same thing. The day that some race team, that one race team, decided that they were going to have a pit crew that didn't have anything to do with that car. Their pit crew, would, they would come, come to the racetrack fresh. Uh, they were not going to work on the car during the week. They were going to practice. Yeah. The day that that happened, 
everybody had to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, in, in this sport that we're in, and you guys know this better than anybody, and, and, and we see it, but I'll give you a kind of a stupid example, but it's still an example. <laughs> if Richard Childress Racing today invented a lug nut that saved a second on a pit stop, right. and that lug nut cost $100 a piece, and right now they're a dollar a piece, yeah. and we used them, everybody else would have to do that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'd get their butt kicked. Right. You know? So, therefore, that's where the rules come in to mm-hmm. try to try to make the playing field level for everybody. Um, I, I think that we're in a good place. The, 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 the argument this week has been about the rules, you mm-hmm. know. I think it's unfortunate in our sport that some of the people that participate don't worry about the rules. And, and I'm, I'm talking about the drivers. Yeah. You hear a driver do something and go, I didn't know that was a rule. That's that's right. on you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, don't don't complain about the rule when mm-hmm. you, you didn't read the rule book. Right. And, and I know that we're getting a, yeah, going a bunch of different there, there directions. No rules. <laughs> There's no rules. That's our whole I, show. I, I, I love my sport. I love NASCAR because it's been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell people a bunch of lies and make up stuff, but I am going to I am going to sell my product. Of course. Give an example of that. A few years ago, Richard said uh and, and and we have a big kickoff luncheon every year before we go to daytona everybody does it yeah some do it at christmas we do it ours the week before we go sure. and richard said i want you to come over and talk to these guys i want you to give them a little speech a little motivation speech i said well you know the difference between a speech and a motivational speech and he said what's that I said, it's about $5,000. <laughs> he said, well, just give them a regular speech, but get them motivated. So, so Wheeling he, and dealing, I like it. Save him a little money. Uh, but, but, but here's what I said. Here's what I said. And I think this works with NASCAR. It works with ARCA. It works with sport. It works across the board. I told our guys, I said, if I didn't work here and I worked across the street at the grocery store, Okay. And by working at the grocery store, I'm driving my new truck, I'm making those truck payments. Yes. By working at the grocery store, I'm making a mortgage payment. I'm saving some money to send the kids to school. Right? And if every time somebody walked in that grocery store, I told them the meat was tough or the produce was stale, you know what's going to happen? They're going to quit coming to that grocery store. Right. right. They're not going to need me anymore. Yep. And, and I'm going to lose all those things. It's hard to put food on the table. Yeah. Why are we, the people that are on the inside of this, the guys that are doing that same thing because of racing? They have a mortgage payment. Yeah. They're paying their truck. They're sending their kids to school. And somebody asks them about racing, and they go, I don't like it anymore. It just, they, come on, guys. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I think that I think that a lot of us in this business have been the worst salesmen in the world. Mm-hmm. Once again, don't get me wrong. Don't. I'm, I'm not trying to sell a product. I'm trying to tell you the product that we have for sale, what it's like. I'm not making stuff up. Have you ever seen an IndyCar forum? <laughs> no. You don't. Yeah. You will lose your mind. Yeah. Yeah. You will no. really not like it. No. Yeah. Well, it's bad enough sometimes when I get around. I get around some of. Our guys, or, or not yeah, our guys, yeah. I'm talking about the NASCAR guys yeah, that, yeah. that'll complain about this, that, and the other, you know. So, 
I, I, I'm not. I'm not that guy. I'm. I'm. I'm the guy that that every once in a while says, "Stop a minute. Let me explain to you why they did do this." You well, know, so. And you're more qualified than anybody. I mean, at, at ten years old or however old you were, yeah. you know, you. I mean, you had a very significant family change with losing yeah. your father. I mean, how was your mom when you decided you want to get back into the sport? Yeah. So, I had to do a a deal a few years ago, and uh, they give me some kind of an award and. I got up there and I said, uh, you know, my dad uh, was an early pioneer in this sport. And growing up, everybody would say, oh, you're going to grow up and be like your dad. You know, my dad meant the world to me. Sure. Uh, But standing up here tonight to get this award, you're probably going to think that I'm going to tell you that I'm in racing because of my dad. I'm not. I'm in racing because of my mom. My dad was gone, man. Yeah. For for, for all those years, I, I give my dad all the credit in the world. But he was gone, and my mother raised us. And and and, and this is a, a really a, a cool story here that, and me being a, a stupid kid, you know, a, a teenager, yeah. not thinking about any of that crap. My mom was getting ready to retire from her job. Asked my mom, I said, Mom, how long have you worked at that place? I didn't know. Never thought about it. She said, the day that your daddy died, I promised you boys that I would look after you till you got out of school. She said, I was supposed to start that job. And she gave me the date. And she said, I told them that I couldn't that day, but I could start the next day because you were graduating. And I'm going like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talking about a reality check. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So my mom did not work while we were growing up, my brother. Now, my brother's just a little bit young. He's passed away now, but he's just a little bit younger than I was. Yeah. Uh, but so my mom supported everything that we did, uh, tried to help us in any way she could. And like I said, uh, I, grew up in a, <laughs> I grew up in a big house. On, on a main street in, in Winston-Salem that our front yard was about, I don't know, four foot wide. And then there was a sidewalk, then there was a street. Yeah. And and grew up with my mother, my grandmother, and uncle, uh, but grew up close enough to Bowman Gray Stadium that I could hear the cars run. Yeah. Nice. So that that's kind of that Bowman Gray Stadium connection. Yeah. yeah. Your dad was known as like the Madhouse uh, – guy yeah. you know what i mean he like the actual nickname was yeah. master of the madhouse and uh, what's the relationship to bert and jason myers now are those your okay. nephews or your cousins second cousins second cousins okay so yeah. so back in the day the myers brothers yeah and, and by the way they, they they didn't call that thing the madhouse still a few years ago yeah right, right, right. it was Fair. bowman gray stadium yeah, yeah, yeah. and and i think that if the truth would ever be told about bowman gray stadium without bowman gray stadium there may not be a nascar yeah and and the reason is that that place is always it it's right in the middle of Winston Salem. Winston Salem was a city that operated twenty four seven back in the heyday. Okay. Oh my God! You get your haircut in Winston Salem at two o'clock in the morning. Huh. Small town USA, but yeah. because R J Reynolds ran three shifts. That's it. Was just all the tobacco. You had all those yeah. people. Yeah, people. It working. was booming. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So when they were trying to get this thing established back in the early fifties, and, and and NASCAR was just getting started. 
I'm sure they went to some of the racetracks where it cost them to go there. Mm-hmm. They didn't make enough money to pay the purse. Right. But then they had Bowman Gray Stadium. Right. So riding through Winston-Salem one day, my mom was still alive, and we were riding around, my wife and I, carrying my mom around and just went up through really a, a kind of a part of town that used to be a good part of town that had made the bad turn, right? You know? And my mom said, you see that house right there? Yes, ma'am. She said, that's where Mr. and Miss France used to live. Really? She said, yeah. She said, I would have to bring your daddy up here if he needed some money to get the race car ready. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, Mr. France would always help him uh, whatever he needed to fix the car because he was the show, he right? The show, yeah. right? He was the show. Yeah. Uh, so they raced over there uh, at the madhouse uh, for years and years and years. And then... Um, and then, you know, we, we fell in there after my dad. They had the Myers Brothers Memorial Race. Uh, we were a big part of it then. And then uh, here comes my cousin, Gary. You know, Gary uh, raced over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then here comes uh, his boys, Bert and Jason. Right, so right. Uh, we've all been a part of it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of those places, man, that, that still, <laughs> it, it amazes still has me. It. It's it incredible. Amazes. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, do, you, do you yearn for some of that stuff when you go to, like, uh, some of the newer tracks that are out there? Uh, Fontana is yeah. a bad example. But. You know, no, no, not really. You yeah. know, look, I, I'm a, I try to tell everybody I'm a traditionalist, but I'm a realist. You yeah. know? Sure. So we're going to race in Martinsville this weekend. And Martinsville has two races a year. And they're pretty happy with that. I don't. Maybe they do a little. They, they run a, a late model race up there, but mm-hmm. they don't. They don't have to do something every day. I, yeah. I, I use Fontana. I use Charlotte. I use some of these tracks. Yeah. So Fontana out near LA. Think about this. Think about how much it cost to build that yeah. place when they built it. Absolutely. They got to operate that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, then I shift over to Martinsville, and I got to go. So they had to have that place paid for in 1954. Sure. And I know that's an exaggeration, but the, the thing about it is, it is, it is small town USA. Mm-hmm. The property there was, they didn't, yeah, sp- they didn't sp- yeah, yeah. spend millions for it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I love it. Uh, you know, I, I love to go to Chicago and go to Wrigley Field. Or, yeah, or absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. Same, but then again, I also love to go to, well, heck, Daytona, what they've done there. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, what they've done at Charlotte. Look, guys, I'm, I'm more than excited about the road course at, at Charlotte. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Somebody, you know, here's the stupidest thing I heard. So they went practice there the other day. And, yeah. And somebody said, well, I heard it's only a couple of passing zones. And I went, okay. So let me ask you this question. Because you run in 90% of the old racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. Were there no passing zones before? Right. And now with the road course you got to? Yeah. And then I added this part, too. I work for a guy that all zones were passing zones. The middle of the back stretch was a passing zone if he could get to you, you know? So I, I, I think that, that our sport is – I'm the excitement and drama guy, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and and I understand it. Yeah. You know, we started racing at Eldora. How cool was that? Yeah, we yeah. did awesome. the all-star race. How so cool awesome. was that? Yeah. And, and I think things run their course a little bit, you know. Uh, I think to go there and run a road course in the chase or in the playoffs now, uh, 
we got to give yeah, it a chance. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we'll, uh, we we got to hear some Earnhardt stories, but yeah. I want to establish something real quick because it drives me insane. You are 70 years old. Yeah. How is that possible? You, you do that. not look yeah. 70 no. years old at no. all. 52. Well, yeah. 52. I'm not quite. I'm, I'm going towards 70. I just okay. had a birthday. Uh, I'm pretty proud of the fact that, well, I, I don't act it either. You know what I mean? <laughs> that probably helps. I ride the bicycle. Yeah. Right. Right. I, yeah. I, I, I told you guys that. Yeah. I started doing my, my daughter asked me the other day. When, uh, I told her, I said, uh, I said, I want to I want to do this all I can and try to get decent with it. Sure. Uh, Are you that guy that, like, you find a new thing and now you've got to be an expert at it? You know, my wife kind of asked me that thing, too. She said, is this a fad? I said, you know, my mother could not walk when she was 75 years old. Just her, her health would not let her walk. Sure. And I said, I don't want to be there. Sure. I, I want to. I, I do this because I enjoy it, but I do it. It is my exercise. Yeah, I get you. But I told my daughter, I said, the day that I turn 70, I want to ride 70 miles. Nice. Now, I don't know if I'm going to make that or not. I'm up to, I can do 20 right. now, maybe 25. But I, I told you guys, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys, the e-bike thing is just fabulous. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. I never knew that, you know, I'm 12 again right now, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and so you, once again, you got to sell yourself, okay? So here's, here's my selling point. So, because you, you tell somebody that you've got an e-bike and they go, you're cheating. You don't <laughs> get any exercise. And I go, no, you get more exercise because you can go twice as far. Right, I think that's yeah. how Earnhardt talked himself into getting a jet. Okay. You, you wanted a, you, you wanted a, you wanted a, you wanted a, a, a racing story. So, uh, you know, things were getting good and we went back in the day, children got a jet. And I remember Earnhardt too. That's the stupidest thing you can do. Yeah, right. You got any idea how much it's going to cost you? To, this thing will use so much fuel. I mean, Earnhardt had every excuse, every right, reason right. that you shouldn't do it. I think we were in Phoenix. Earnhardt, he had his own plane then. He had a, a King Air, yeah. uh, a turboprop. And we had, can't remember which one. I don't even remember the name of it. But anyway, Richard had a uh, smaller jet. And Mike Collier was, was Dale's pilot. And we were sitting out there talking, and, and uh, <coughs> Dale said, Mike, how long is it going to take us to get home when this thing's over with? And he said, well, he said, we're going to have to stop. We'll land in Kansas City to get some fuel. He said, how long is it going to take Richard? He said, when we stop in Kansas City to get some fuel, Richard should be at home. <laughs> That's all it took. He said, you go next week and you try to find us a jet. Yeah. Nice. So now we've gone from, do you know how much a jet's going to cost, right. how much fuel it uses? Right. So he had to sell himself, and, and then here's his new theory. Well, I know it uses twice as much fuel, but you get there in half the time, so it's the same thing, right? <laughs> right, now, right. I, I, I don't, I don't think any like, of that is second, true. Wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think any of that is true, but but that's kind of the way you say you say yourself. So I, I go back to uh, what I said a few minutes ago on the uh, on the e-bike. I, I do believe that now I will go places that I wouldn't go before, and I am getting a lot of exercise, so I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's, cool. it's fun. Um. Yeah, because when you told us you were 70, we were like, what? Yeah, no, because Sean looks like 65. How, how old do you think I am? 
I did, I'm the world's worm. That's okay. I'm not going to judge you. I'm 33. He's 33. Okay. Yep. Yep. We've, this is an ongoing question that we've asked, and we've gotten a variety of answers. Mm-hmm. Yes. For whatever reason. How old do you think? I won't get upset. Uh, you're 42. Damn. That's a pretty common yeah, number we're yeah. getting. Bowman no, said close 42. Close enough. 38. Yeah. But I also haven't shaved. Yeah, okay. yeah. Eddie, Eddie Gossage yeah. thought he was 50. Close to his age. I was like, you're 48. Yeah. This yeah. Is last so year. you want to hear a Gossage story? <laughs> yes, we Gossage do. Gossage got mad Always. darn right. Always. Gossage got mad at me. Back in the day. <laughs> Gossett got mad at you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you crash go. a dirt bike or something? No. So <laughs> they they build a new speedway there in Texas, right? And I couldn't wait to go there. Could not wait to get there. But remember what happened. First race. It rained for two weeks before we got there. The right. construction was still going right, on. Right, right. It could not have been at a worse time. It, it, nothing was going right. Bruton was in the parking lot directing traffic. You know, <laughs> and But – um, I had d- talked to some people and told them how excited we were about going, that um, that the people there uh, at where we stayed were wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was all great. And then I said uh, something that I probably shouldn't have said about the racetrack because I, I told everybody, I said, you know, everything's bigger in Texas, right? I said, do you know that that tunnel that goes under the racetrack is the longest tunnel in the world? And somebody said, how do you figure it out? I said, it took us three hours to drive through it. <laughs> and, 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 and Eddie, Eddie, Eddie the, the, the next week or whenever it was, uh, he, he, he had something to say about it. But I, I'm friends with Eddie Gossage. I think he does a, a, a great job. You know, I'll, I'll tell you something. It, it's, it is so different from being on different sides of this sport, you know. Yeah, yeah. When, when you were – when we were in the business of, of racing and those dang media people were always in the way, yeah. you know, you didn't want them there, you know, and, and then you realize without those people, we're not racing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know I go from, from where we're at now to back in the day. I told somebody on the radio, I said, you know that I would imagine before Bill France ever had the first NASCAR race, he called the newspapers and said, can you have some people out there? Right. Yeah. You know, you, the, the folks have got to know about it. Yeah, you, yeah. Once again, it comes to selling your product. So right. I think Eddie does a great job with, with some of his wacky promotions oh, yeah, that, yeah. that he does. But, yeah. you, know, the, the, you know, if they're not wacky promotions, you're not going to talk about it. Right. So yeah. Yeah. we had plenty of things yeah. to talk about with yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. We're, yeah. we're oh, yeah. big fans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got to ask the hard questions here. Yeah. Have you seen the ESPN movie three? Yeah. What did you Are think? Are you in it? Um, you know the, you got two movies, right? You got the the one that ESPN did. Yeah. That was more fiction than fact. We've we've been we've been making a lot of jokes. <laughs> we're gonna get we're along gonna, fine. We're, yeah, yeah, we're good. And then yeah. you got the other one, which was a documentary, which right. was, yeah, sure, was sure. a real deal. Yeah. But that's that's serious yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's not what yeah. we're about. Yeah, we're not about that. Yeah. Did <laughs> did Dale Senior ever look at you? Yeah. And say, I'm going back to that milk chocolate. I, I never remembered Dale saying that. Okay, weird. I, I never remember that. Okay. Uh, I, I do remember a, a lot of things that, and, and I'll get to some of the wacky stuff in a minute. Okay. Um, we we were talking about the airplane. You guys have been on an old King Air, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know? I cannot. I don't live the fancy uh, life okay. that, that Ryan. Settle lives. down. So uh, twin prop, a, a, a twin prop, small <laughs> yeah. plane, six to eight sure. people, so I I about about a foot wide yeah. down the center of the aisle. Right. Yeah. We just get on that King Air and be wore out, man. I, I laid in the floor one day on the King Air, flying back from the racetrack. 
and, and you already can't move. You, you, yeah. When you, you got to turn sideways to get it, you're trapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Earnhardt jumped on me and sucked a hickey on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and said, and said, explain this when you get home. <laughs> try, try to make somebody believe. Try to make somebody believe that I did that. I swear, they oh, did yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, chocolate. What I'll, 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 I'll tell you something. He did some. He did some incredible things. And I. Uh, <laughs> When we would go test, we would have so much fun. Yeah. We'd have so much fun. I'll give you a couple of uh, things here to think about. We went to Bristol to test one time. And, and by the way, any time that we went to test, he would always get his guys to bring his, back then, his bush car. Okay. okay. You know, he'd run a couple laps. Yeah, so may as well. We went to Bristol to test, and here they come with the bush car. And, and we, we do our test, and he runs a few laps, and he says, all right, make you some laps. Y'all want to uh, drive it? No way. Oh, no, cool. Do wow. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, Y'all yeah. take it around. You see what it's like to race? race. He let us all drive the bush car yeah. around. The, now, today, you right. know, they would lock you up. Yeah, and, yeah and, and, exactly. But anyway, uh, I remember him saying something that day, though. He said, no faster than you guys are going, and we weren't going to tear it up, but just riding. He said, no faster than you guys are going. If I put a new set of tires on here, you would not believe the difference in that car. Right. And we weren't even running half throttle. Sure. I mean, we were just putting around there. But when we talk about going testing with Dale, I, I think he had more respect for his dad. Uh, and he talked about his dad a lot and talked about the things that his dad taught him. And I remember Dale telling us one time that, that his dad would make him race with uh, very thin sole shoes on so he could feel the car. Yeah. I remember being at Bristol at a test. And Earnhardt out there, lap after lap. All of a sudden, he shuts it down. Never skipped, never did anything. Just shut it down. He come in, he went, broke the crank. Do what? I believe it broke the end off the crank. I felt it. Yeah. Raise the hood up. Everything looks good. Sure. Pull the Oberg off. Check the filter. Nothing in it. Dale, I don't, let, let's try to, no, don't try to crank. I'm telling you, it broke the damn crank. Goes over to the toolbox, gets the pry bar out, goes down there, pow! Yeah. The end of the crankshaft broke off. Yeah. That, that was one. We used to go to Talladega. That was incredible. We used to go to Talladega. <laughs> Be out there running, you know, 30-car draft, 30-car yeah. pack. He's in the middle of it. Yeah. Come down the straightaway and go, and he'd come on the radio and go, caution's getting ready to come out. Buddy's blowing up. I smell it. Right. Yeah. Another lap. Friggin' smoke's rolling. Somebody's blowing up. So he was uh he was that good at it. Uh and and we just we we just had a hell of a good time. Right. Yeah, right. Even though he put a hickey on my neck, I forgave him that <laughs> later. Oh, I I tell you what else he did too. Superstitious. Okay. You want some I shared this with Daryl Walter not not that many years ago. Old Dale was really bad about that. Daytona the night before the Daytona five hundred. We were in the lounge early, uh, in the lounge where we were staying at. And he comes in, he's, come here, come here. So every year we'd win a championship. We'd, Earnhardt have knives made up, you know, okay. 19 cool. whatever nice. uh, okay. yeah, champion. Yeah. And he would have, he'd give them all us, and sure. he'd carry some for his buddies and stuff. He showed one to Daryl. And you know the, the knife deal. If you hand it to somebody yep. open, right. they got to hand it back to you open. 
if they hand it to you closed, they got to hand it back to you. Whatever, whichever way you hand it to them. Right, it's got to come back. If, you don't, if they yeah. give it back a different way, it's bad luck. Yeah. You're hitting a button. You have no idea the button you just okay, hit. Okay, so he comes over. Listen, <laughs> he comes over. He goes, y'all are not going to believe this. I handed Daryl my knife to show him. He closed it and gave it back to me. <laughs> He's going to have bad luck. <laughs> Guess what I heard the next day? We won the Daytona 500. Oh, yeah, he's doing the, doing the yeah. icky shuffle. <laughs> yeah. Daryl won the race. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was one of them. I, he I'll, did that. Oh, yeah. I'll try to think of some more. But he was. Uh, was the was the Waltrip thing real, the rivalry? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, when he wrecked Daryl or Daryl wrecked him or uh, the big battle up at, up at uh, Richmond yeah, the year yeah. that. We had the crap. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, that's where the verse inside the car started. I know that Stevie was so mad she could have. Uh, she was. I was standing there with Dale when the race was over. With she came over there. Oh, she was mad. Yeah. yeah. But they were racing pretty hard, yeah. and 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 Dale turned him. You know, at the end of the race. Now Daryl had beat the back bumper off that car right. earlier, yeah, yeah, but you know yeah. that, that anyway. Um. We got ready to leave that racetrack that day. You know, we we did, we all thought it was funny. You know, we, we, we were a bunch of yeah. rednecks. You know, I remember leaving the racetrack that day, and we were all loaded up in the van. Now Dale was already gone. We we were leaving the racetrack that day, and we saw some race fans, bunch of guys. Yeah. They were coming across the parking lot there at Richmond with the hood off of that eleven car. Okay. Nice. And we stopped and opened the van door up and showed them that we were – oh, they were chasing us. They, they were chasing us. But, but that one uh, was, was, was pretty cool. But yeah. And look, he can go there to make friends. Sure. Yeah. Did he do some things he probably shouldn't have done? I, I'm not going to say he did or didn't. I mean, yeah. uh, he, they called him the intimidator for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And and he gave them a reason to, to think about it. Yeah. He he was the guy that that d- he was like. And, and and guys, I don't know whether you remember. You remember Big Rick Sutcliffe, pitcher. Ooh, can't say old, I do. Old, old Sut was yeah. was was a was a cool guy. And we were in it in Phoenix, and they got to be friends. They were hunting buddies and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm not a baseball guy, mm-hmm. you know. And I never understood any of this till till this day. So. We used to, back in the day, Dale would park his motor coach over here, and then Daryl would have his. It, it, it wasn't like it is today. They didn't have a place. They all parked together. Yeah, right, right, right. And, and I often wondered why Dale didn't associate with them or hang with them or anything else, and he just didn't. But I remember uh, going to Phoenix, and Sutcliffe was out there, and they'd all been out hunting or whatever. And, and uh, I saw Sutcliffe. I told him, I said, you know, dude, uh, you know who else is here? And I told him some more baseball players that was there. And he went, I, I don't want to hang around those guys. Huh. I said, really? He went, no, they're hitters. I'm a pitcher. <laughs> right. I said, what does that was. mean? He went, I don't want to be friends with somebody I may have to hit with a baseball one day. <laughs> and I went, huh. and now I know why he's parking that motor coach over there. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, right. I, I mean, yeah. and, but, but, but think about it. And, and look, I, I, I think that, our sport is a little bit friendly. I, I'm not going to – I mean, you you got guys like Kevin Harvick and Kyle mm-hmm. Busch and some of those guys that they, 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 they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to go out there and race like they don't know you, yeah. and that's what I like about them, yeah. right? But I do think you've got some of the other guys that that may get too close to each other. Maybe 
too friendly. Sure. I, I don't know if I like that or not. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense, though. Do you uh, spend any time around Neil Bonnet? Oh, uh, man. Neil Bonnet was the coolest dude uh, out there. Yeah. A great guy. Uh, you guys were just up at the race shop, and there was, before we made a museum out of it, there was a grass strip between the two parking lots. Now it's one big parking lot. <laughs> okay. I remember sitting over in that parking lot. Uh, on that grass bank one day, we had a little open house or something. Neil came up to hang out with us, and he was up there. And he was telling me about uh, he bought a drag car down in uh, down in Alabama for somebody. He owned it, and another okay. guy drove it. And, and, you know, Neil was a circle track guy forever, but Neil said he went to the drag race one time, the drag strip one time. He said what they would do, they'd – he said, you know, look, dude, I'm used to buying four t- tires at a time, and every time I turn around, I'm buying tires. He said, so we just kept fresh tires on that drag car. The other guys couldn't do it, and we just kicking their butt all the time. I got you. He said, so I was at the drag strip one day, and the guy that was driving the car said, man, drive it. Drive, I want you to drive it. He said, I don't know. He said, no, you got to drive this thing one time. And Neil said, I got in. He said, I got all ready. And he said, thing had them four sticks up there, mm-hmm. four shifters. Yeah. He said, they had a tachometer in there about the size of my helmet. <laughs> he said, I, I remember asking the guy, he said, uh, now, when I take off, when do I shift? He said, the guy said, when you drop that clutch, you start pulling them down sticks just as fast as you can. <laughs> <laughs> so, Neil Bonnet was the guy that would give you the shirt off his back. Yeah, yeah. He, he was that kind of guy. And... Uh, Man, when he drove for us and, and you know, the, went down to Talladega and got the car upside down in the fence and then went to the booth to broadcast. Right. You know. Uh, but Neil also told me a, a story when he got hurt at, at Darlington, you know. he uh, It took him a while to get over that. And I don't know if he ever got totally over it. You know, he lost his memory and, you know, he was with the Wood Brothers and, you know, like it is now, those guys have company cars to drive, you mm-hmm. know, from factory cars. And he said that he had been a long time after that race and he was talking. He said that the guy wanted to know where their car was at. Right. And he had just forgotten. He said, yeah. buddy, I don't know what my family's names are. And you expect me to know where I parked that car? Right. I don't know. Yeah. So that's how serious that was. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's not Jesus. a – I mean, that's uh, – yeah, but he was – Neil was unbelievable guy. Unbelievable. Dear friend. Yeah. Dear friend. Now, according to the movie Three, yeah. um, <laughs> Neil and Dale met when Dale was running fully suited out of a racetrack, and he pulled up in a truck. Through the woods. Through the woods. And, he, and Neil pulled up also in a, in a race suit and said, my name's Neil, Neil Bonnet. Uh, is that how it went, do you think? I don't think that's how it went, but, <laughs> okay. but, but I, I will tell you this. Right. There was always two races at the racetrack, the race on the track and the race to get out of the racetrack. Yeah, oh, right, fair enough. Right. And Earnhardt had it down to a science, man. Yeah. It, it, look, Earnhardt could be at Talladega in a lead draft running 200 miles an hour uh, coming through the tribal going, Teresa, don't look like we're going to win. Go ahead and get the car ready. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm telling you, but he you know, put confidence in you. Uh, he all, but but no, I, I don't remember him ever leaving the race. Well, 
Maybe, maybe he maybe he got out of there a time or two, but usually he would be in that truck right. long enough, change clothes, and right. Bam, fair, enough. Yeah, but fair enough. I don't think that one's true. <laughs> okay, that's good. it's just yeah. good to know. Yeah, um, right. uh, not to not to get too serious, but uh, Neil's accident in '94. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously there had been on-track accidents like that during your time, but was that kind of the one that first really hit close to home? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, for me. You know, no one how dangerous this was, but but yeah. I always was, and I still I mean, do. I was part of your, your part of your yeah, upbringing, but my dad lost his life driving a race car, yeah. and people go, "How can you still do this?" Uh, I can do it because my dad was doing exactly what he wanted to do. Yeah, Neil was doing exactly what he wanted to do. It still hurt. I mean, we uh, yeah. I remember that day. Uh, you know, and all of us going over to the truck, and they told us. You know, they brought us over and told us, and uh, we went to that funeral down in Newtown, Alabama, and it's tough to do that. It, it's tough to do that, yeah. man. It, it really is. Uh, it's hard to do that, but we have, we've, we fixed this thing, man. You yeah. know, with, uh, and and I think in the time we live in today, it has to be fixed. You yeah, know, it, it's bad you for know, business. It, yeah, we'd yeah. be out of business yeah. if you were hurting people. So, yeah. I think that that they've done a really good job with that did, did we did somebody else get hurt sure they will yeah uh it's dangerous yeah but they've really they've fixed it a lot yeah. you know and i think dale earnhardt probably had more to do with that than anybody of course he he was superman and superman yeah. lost his life and they had to fix it yeah if you don't do you mind us going there no nah, nah, all right hmm. uh i mean so i don't know any way to prompt it but you know Daytona 500, 2001. Yeah. I mean, this is this is your team, your guy. You've known him forever. Yeah. What? How? When it when it happened? How yeah. obvious was it to you guys? How bad it was? Uh, so I'll I'll tell you the whole story. So <laughs> the first thing you're going, damn it. You know, where are right, we going right to finish? Right, because you're, yeah. you're like, are, are we going to finish on the lead lap? Third, how many cars are on the lead lap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are we going to come out? Where yeah. are we going to be in the points when right. we come out of here? Right. And then you know, Richard's on the radio, and no response. And then, uh, and then, um, you know, all right, guys, I'm, I'm going to go check on him, get everything ready. Right. So we start getting everything ready, and, and then people start walking by and going, dude, that's that's bad. Yeah, we don't know. We ain't seen nothing. Sure. Now, at first impact, you didn't really necessarily think anything of it? No. Okay. No, I, we're racing, man. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, We've yeah. seen it before. It happens yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's speedway racing. And then, yeah. and then we're putting things away. Another Somebody else, man, it's really bad. So, anyway. I'm kind of like the senior guy there, you know. So I tell the guys, get this stuff put up. I'm going to run over here real quick. So I run through the garage area. And uh, I run through the garage area. And I see Richard and Teresa and Junior and and J.R. Rhodes and whoever. they in the Suburban. And they're going out. And Richard says, we're going to the hospital, get everything put away. And you guys go to the airport. I'll see you at home. Oh, but you can see the. Was, was that was that not the normal routine? No, I mean, no, I'm no forget the hospital no, part, no, but like no, I'll see you guys. No, okay, no, so. no, he's usually with us. You know, yeah, or yeah. we go to the airport together, or whatever. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, um, for me, I, I see uh, Kenny Schrader uh, coming out of Enfield Care Center and ask Kenny how bad it was, and Kenny told me it was pretty bad, yeah. but didn't tell me any more than that. Yeah, okay. and then. We get everything loaded up, you know, 
the, some of the other guys are coming by asking and, you know, gonna, we don't know. And then we get to the airport, and before we got on the plane, they told us yeah. that, that we lost Dale. And it, from from there on out, it's it's really a, kind of a fog. Yeah. Uh, for, I mean, I got up, the, we got, we landed. When we landed here in Davidson County, our, our local airport, they already had the sheriff's department over there. There were already race fans lined up on the street. Yeah. Uh, we landed. We went over to uh, uh, Mike and Tina Dillon, uh, Richard's daughter's house. Uh, some of the folks that weren't with us, we, we all kind of met there. And the next morning, I got up and came to work. And to come to this place and come down that road and around that corner and already see the flowers mm-hmm. and the people. Yeah. And then to go in the race shop. And, and I don't know of any other way to put this any better than this than to know that your best friend, your hero, and the guy that you make a living with, yeah. you've lost all of that yeah. one time. Yeah. And then we came in and we don't know what we're going to do. It was one of those times that you realize, never thought about it. So you got to have a plan, got to figure out what to do. And then for me, and I've told this before, the hardest thing that I think I've ever done. So in the racing world, and you guys know this better than anybody, whatever car you're with, you've got that number on everything. Yeah. yeah. Not just the side of the car. That's right. It's on the toolbox. It's on yeah. the tools. It's yeah. on the wheels. It's on the jack. It's yeah, on the yeah, jack yeah. stand. It's on everything. We wrapped our MDX like my race car. <laughs> we had to take those threes off of everything. Yeah. So yeah. remember, we went from three to 29. That's right. I was the guy that took care of all the wheels and stuff back then and, and the pit equipment and stuff right. like that. Take a three off of a wheel, go outside and cry for a while. Yeah. yeah. Come back in, take a three off. And then we had actually some some people that were friends of the team that didn't work at the team that came over and said, let us help you. Yeah. Uh, walking into Rockingham uh, later that week with a 29 car with a white uniform on and just everybody. Your, your, your worst enemies at the racetrack right. were your best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They were walking up there and, and telling you how sorry they were. And then... Uh, going to Atlanta and winning that race, yeah. that, was, that was incredible uh, to see the reaction from the crowd, from the people, but then realizing that, that you were going to be able to continue to Move do on, this. Right. Yeah. It would never be the same, but you were going to continue to do it. Yeah. Uh, man, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, we had a video in that museum, still in there, uh, but it's a video of the interview with Richard Childress at the end of that race. It, you know, they did something with me. I couldn't talk. Uh, Richard Childress, the toughest guy emotionally that I've ever met. But yeah, he's a tough-ass guy. Yeah. When you see the interview with Richard Childress and you see him trying to talk, it makes you realize how big a deal it was. It took me 10 years to be able to watch that video, and still every once in a while, it depends on what day it is. Sometimes I can walk by and just walk by, and sometimes I stop uh, and, and look at it and, and, and realize, you know, how big it is. And, and then thankful that I've been a part of, of – and, and look, I, 
Guys, I, I don't want to take anything away from anybody. I think Jimmy Johnson does a great job. Mm-hmm. I think Jimmy Johnson will be the greatest of his time. Sure. Dale Earnhardt is the greatest ever. I, and, and the reason that I can say that is I know the backstory. Right. I know what we were doing and what we were doing it with. We, we were out running people that had stuff that we never thought about having. Right. And, and you know, I, I, sometimes when, when we get in those arguments and debates and who's the greatest ever, and I'm going like, dude, you can't look at the numbers. I'm like, Hell, if you're going to do that, Richard Petty's the greatest ever. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, 200 yeah. wins. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I think that, that we got some great people out there, but if, if you only knew the entire story, that, and, and the backstory to racing is probably the most important story. Right. Yeah. So you work now still with the museum, but yeah. it's, it's yeah. your 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 studio is basically right there yeah. in the museum where you do all your so, serious stuff. So I come in every morning to the Richard Childress Racing Museum. I'm the curator of the Richard Childress right. Racing Museum. The girls up there they take care of all of that. I do the radio show there. So I, I told my story that that we started with here. I started helping Richard in 1969. I started getting paid in 1983. <laughs> right. Uh, Richard heard me say that the other day, and he said, that is true. He said, uh, but I'm still paying you, and I've not seen you since 2003. <laughs> so I, I think I got the most blessed. It's working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, it's fantastic. You know, I, when I got ready to get off the road after 20-some years being on the road, my wife told me, she said, that you're not going to be able to handle this. But I was ready for it, and then I went into that museum. I'm a people person, man. Yeah. And, and everybody that walks in that museum, hey, how are you? Where are you guys from? Thank you for coming by. Uh, I get to do that. I get to talk to them. And, and now with SiriusXM NASCAR Radio, I talk to people all over the world. Right? Yeah, right. And I enjoy it. And, and, I, and I try to tell them about my NASCAR that I love. Yeah. Not the one that they hate because somebody told them that it wasn't sure, any good. Right, right. I yeah. tell them about the one that I love. Right. So since not everyone that listens to our podcast is really a stock car yeah. guy. It's Sirius XM. It's Sirius XM NASCAR right. Radio, right. Channel 90. Channel 90. Uh, the show that I do, yeah. uh, along with Jim Noble, is Trading Paint. Yeah. Uh, it's every Monday through Friday uh, from 11 until 3. Eastern time. Eastern time, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And then the museum, um, we, uh, we'll post some photos once this oh, thing yeah. goes out. Yeah. We'll have like, like a couple of videos, like Ryan and I giggling, yeah. sitting in the three car. Yeah. But anybody can do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. so it's a $10 admission. And yeah. you can see all kinds of collections. Yeah. Uh, on there. Tuesday through Saturday, uh, okay. we're open there. And uh, by the way, you guys didn't get to do it. the race shops also open. Oh, cool! Uh, you okay. can go to the race shop and uh, and visit that yeah. as well. And so, what's yeah. uh, what's what's crazy to me, just thinking about like how assets are used in sports car, is that the race shop. It's it's, and I know this is not not correct. Yeah. But it's as if you guys had a race shop, you had all the cars in it, and then Mr. Childress just said. All right, we're good. Lock it all down. This is the museum. We're building a new shop next door. Let's all work out of there. Uh, it's pretty close to that. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's literally the shop you guys worked yeah. out of all through the 80s we were able, as it was. Yeah, we were yeah. able to save cars, you yeah. know. And, and, and when I say save cars, that don't necessarily mean that we won a race and said save it. Yeah, right. We won a race, and we raced it for Used another it two or three or four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When we got through with it, we went put it back like it was when we went to yeah. Charlotte in 1992 or whatever right, it is. So. Right. Uh, all of our cars are, are the real deal. Uh, you get almost 50 years of Richard Childress Racing history there at the museum. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and while you were there, 
uh, I'll share this with you as well. I, you, you guys heard me talking about we were what we did with with little. Yeah. So when you guys got in that car to get your picture made, yeah, did you realize that you were sitting on the surface plate? I did see that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So we won four championships. Kirk Chamardine left. We hired Andy Petrie. Yep. yep. Andy Petrie came to work for Richard Childress Racing. And maybe his first day there, he said, uh, where's the uh, surface plate? We went, what? <laughs> what's the, what's the surface <laughs> he said, where's the surface plate at? We said, what are you talking about? Yeah. He said, where do you set the cars up at? Right there on the floor. We had right. a protractor. Right, yeah. yeah. Do you not have a level surface? The floor is level. <laughs> That floor is not level. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you, you, you can't see it now. Right. But we cut that floor out and put that surface plate in. Yeah. And had to put Bondo up on a couple of corners to, to make right. it level. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. It was that far off. Right. And you guys won but four we won four championships <laughs> before that surface plate was ever in that right. building. Right. Well, it was all the CFD you had, I assume. Yeah. Excuse me. Right. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so your career – so obviously – you had the 2001 accident. Now you're working with Harvick. Um, yeah. And you, you basically kind of retired from that role at the end of 2002. You were with Harvick. Yeah. From what I understand, you got shifted over to Robbie Gordon's team when yeah. that got started up. Were you just burned out? Was it too much after no. that? Uh, no, I, I wasn't burned out. Um, so Harvick comes along. We went two races with Kevin Harvick in, in 01. Uh, we started in, in, in 2002. Uh we're getting ready to move into the new race shop. Yeah. Uh, we get ready to add another team. So many things are happening. And I say, hey, why would I do this for a couple more years then leave? Let me just step away right now. Mm -hmm. And then I did that. I worked in the shop. Yeah. And then we add that, uh, the museum. And uh, Richard came to me one day and he went, what are you doing right now? I said, what do you need? He went, will you go up there to that museum? And, and show them the way things. And I walked in the door and I said, what are you doing? They said, we're throwing that away. No, I want that for the museum. What are you going to do? I won't, no, I want to. Right. So then I was up there for a while and Richard came up there and said, I want you to run this museum. Yeah. yeah. So I did that for, for a pretty good while, trying to be the guy that, that tried to get people to come see something. And uh, I've been there ever since. So it's, yeah. it's been pretty That's cool. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, All right. if, you ever, if you're listening and you ever get the chance and you're in the Winston-Salem area, Definitely check it out. Well worth the, it. The, I mean, the thing that I really appreciated about it, because Sean and I are both into, like, aviation museums as well. Yeah, yeah. And you, you go to those, and those have a plaque that explains, you know, the history yep. of, of the plane. That might not necessarily be that plane, but the plaques in your shop have the chassis number and then explain yep. all the things. Like you pointed out, it, wouldn't, it wasn't like we won this race and we put it away. It'll literally say, like, it won this race. And then did six more yeah. races yeah. at this track, and then we retired wrecked it. here, and here yeah, it is. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Pretty damn cool. So for the, for the folks out there that, that listen to this, we're about 30 minutes south of Winston-Salem. We're okay, about sorry. an hour north right. of uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yeah. Real easy to find. Uh, you can't miss it. Welcome to welcome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, a friendly kind of place. Yeah. Welcome, <laughs> North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, what's the, and this is? This is Curly's Barbecue. Curly's Barbecue. Yeah. you got to go here, too, yeah. because yeah. holy crap. Yeah, right beside like, the veterinarian. We uh, but we won't right. mention that. <laughs> <laughs> Business is good. Yeah. <laughs> but like you walk in, like we walk right into 1973. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It is awesome. I can tell you out here. All right, so 2001, 2002 is a great segue into, we have a pass-along question from the previous guest yeah. and then on to the next guest. So 
Last night, we somehow conned uh, Tony Stewart into having dinner yep. with us. So he's, he's got a question for you. Yeah, so Tony Stewart's question was, uh, have you always cried? Or was it the time that Harvick won after seniors passing? Yep. Was that a special occasion? I believe, and this is Stewart, yeah. not us. Yeah, I believe not. he said cried like a baby. He did. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know yeah. that part. You know, I get that from my mom. Okay. My mom was very emotional. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that uh, – I think – and I like that. You know, I, I like that about me, right? The heart on your yeah. sleeve kind of thing. I, I do – uh, shed a tear every once in a while. When I, I get involved in it, man, yeah. this is more than a passionate. job. Uh, this is, yeah. I am passionate. Yeah. So, yes, Tony, I do. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, he's never going to listen to this but, or any of our other shows. It's fine. Yeah, no, that's All awesome. right. And then, uh, funny enough, we're, as soon as we're done here, we're hightailing it down to Charlotte and we have dinner with Robbie Gordon. Yeah. Um, so if you want to take a minute, what if you could ask anything, and specifically, if we could hide behind you and ask him anything, yeah. uh, what would be the sort of the the chocolate Myers question for wow for Robbie Gordon. I, I, I'll tell you this: I, I'm a Robbie Gordon fan. Yeah, me too. I like that guy. Yeah. Um, if there's ever been any human being in the world uh, that had no fear, yeah, it has to be Robbie Gordon. So you could ask him how high in the air uh, did he actually go when he jumped that dirt bike up in Pennsylvania. Oh, oh, that's when great. the next day came to the racetrack and he was like, uh, and had to drive the car. I, I thought Childress was going to fire him that day, but he, but he didn't. So, yeah, you can ask him that. He brought his, uh, he brought one of those stupid trucks over here one day and said, and said, is that the name of the series? The stupid truck series? He said, you want to, you want me to take you for a ride? And I went, dude, you don't have enough money to get me to get in there with you. You know? So, no. But he's a cool dude. And, yeah. and he did. He, they all decided they were going to take their dirt bikes up to Pocono, uh -huh. and they went out like the night before the race. That's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a big Robbie deal. Gordon. Robbie is never. T he don't take it easy on nothing. So yeah. you can ask him that. So with uh, being a weekly radio show host yep. for NASCAR, anytime there's any sort of drama, you probably get flooded. I mean, I've, I've listened to you, and yep. it's like, oh, this latest topic's going on, and you're just having to like fend off allegation after allegation yep. or dumb idea and we we hear this just from our side too with like nascar told him to do that or so and so yep. forced him to do this what's the dumbest thing that you can't get rid of like and, and i'll tell you what ours is yep. is that the nascar side thinks that the sports car side is the wine and cheese side of the world which i understand i may, the help, process. I, I may help a little bit <laughs> yeah. let me let me explain you something yeah, my friend asshole. i've never driven for a guy with a plane yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah like we sat down with landon castle last year and he's like you guys are making all that money driving yeah. for dr bob it's yeah, like well hold like, on like, hang man. on dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're making a lot more than i am yeah. running yeah, yeah. back um uh so yeah so ours big thing is like yeah. last night Stewart's like well you know you're the wine and cheese crowd we're like but we're not yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess the biggest thing for me is when the people say it's fixed. Sure. They okay. know who's going to win. Right. Yeah. And here's, here's the one that I always come back with. So if it was fixed, why don't Dale Jr. have a championship? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, why is if it is fixed, why hadn't Danica won a race? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the, the, uh, the other one, I, I, I like to use this one, is that when they, when a, they got mad and they said NASCAR – uh, penalized Juan Pablo Montoya at Indy because yeah. they didn't want him to win. And I go, so hold on just a minute. Let's get this straight. So one of the most popular drivers in the world, the world right. is going to have one of the most incredible stories in the world. 
and you're going to get worldwide publicity so you penalize him so he won't win. Right. Yeah. Now, right. here would have been the, the, for all of you conspiracy theorists, here's the way that it should have worked if it was a conspiracy. Right. That one of the guys in the tower says he was speeding on pit road, and the other guy goes, shut up, don't say anything yeah, no, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't happen yeah. that way. Right. right. So, yeah, yeah. now, I, I think that, yeah, look, Everybody in racing, or at least most of the folks that we all know in racing, are a bunch of pretty tough-ass people, right? Yeah. you got to be. Yeah, like Sean. Who Same. would do this if we thought it was? <laughs> if, 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 how yeah. hard would you work if you thought that they <laughs> were going to let the other guy win right. anyway? Yeah. Right. right? So yeah. uh, that's one of them that, that, uh, uh, that, I, that I work with a lot. Right. You know, letting them know that, no, it, it is. That I don't see any favoritism. Mm-hmm. I know that you think it is, but I don't see it. I want to talk about being a gas man. Yeah. All right. There's, there's fuel man. Fuel man. Yeah, yeah right, okay. man. Come on. Yeah. Well, excuse me. You're a gas man. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, couple things. One, you, you, you come, I mean, sounds like you were handy growing up, but you don't come with no, like, mechanical yeah. background. You weren't professionally trained or no, no, apprenticed no, 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 or anything no. like that. And, it, and when you decided to work for, for Richard, it wasn't, you didn't come in with a resume saying, here's what I can do. And, no. and your first jobs were just figuring it out. Where can I help? Yeah. And that's that. Um, how does that how does that translate today? I mean, if, if a 22-year-old walks into the shop, is it the same kind of thing? Like, just no. figure out a way to help? No. I don't know if we get any 22-years-old that walk in that, that, that want a job in racing uh, that don't want to start at the top. Uh, we hear that a lot. You know, the guys I, I, don't, I don't know of anybody that comes in. I mean, we, we get some kids that come in and want to be on the pit crew, but, yeah. but we've got a process now. You know, back in my day, it was, hey, you're the big guy. You're either the jack yeah. man or the gas man. Yeah, yeah. Man, back in the day, you, you, you may go somewhere and just get somebody that you didn't even know to help you. Right. Because I said it before, and I know it don't sound like it makes a lot of sense. If you think about it, it does. It didn't matter when it didn't matter. Yeah, you know? I know exactly when, what you mean. When a pit yeah, stop yeah. was 22 seconds, you could get Tommy or Billy Bob yeah, yeah, to yeah, hand yeah, you the yeah, second exactly. can. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. So, But, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, you love the sport enough that you didn't come as a mechanic, no. but you were going to figure it out how to f- keep yourself worthwhile in the shop. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, there's so few of you guys, you were all, you know, if you weren't cutting your weight, you were out. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so what kind of stuff did you do to just sort of find your way around? Well, you know, back in those days, we all worked all the time as hard yeah. as we could. We didn't have a lot of time to go practice. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think most of our practice was at the racetrack. Uh, I, I think the, the coolest thing that we did, we all worked together. Yeah. There was nobody on the team that didn't like the other guy. There's nobody on the team that... That was the pre Madonna. That that yeah. was the superstar. If you're going to be on the road yeah. 38, 38 weeks yeah. together, that's such an important yeah, part yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and I I've explained it to him. It, it's like the transmission in the car. Yeah. And uh, uh, that transmission is the most incredible thing. If you could see the inside of one of them yeah. and the way it works, yeah. all you got to do is break one tooth off of one gear, and the that's whole thing is screwed yeah, up. Absolutely. So, uh, we didn't practice very much. We didn't have time to practice very much. Sure. Because uh, you're all like it's you're all working. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're working I'll and work. you're doing that. You would work on the car. Yeah. You, you would figure out, say, okay, we're going to Michigan. How long does it take to get there? 11 hours. Okay, uh, the truck's got to be gone by 6 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> if he leaves at 6, he could be there when we open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would, you would work on the car up That's until like our then. podcast. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, interesting. And then what was it? So, it's kind of the same role it is now, right, to be a fuel man. I think now's a little bit different. Those guys uh, spend a lot of time in the gym. Yeah. They spend a lot of time. We got an indoor pit uh, stop area. Yeah. Uh, most of the guys do very little, or some of them may do nothing on the car. Yeah. Uh, they only work on those pit stops. Right. And and 
But in your day, it was you. So you got the one can, yep. and it's either a one or a two can stop. Yep. Depending that, on what you're that's to do. basically the same. Yeah, the, yeah. the difference is, uh, I had plenty of time to do it because it took them 18 seconds to change, to change the tires. The tires. Yeah. Now they're down about 11 seconds, so it's it's harder to get. And I'm not so sure they even even fill them up anymore. Yeah. Right. Uh, because things have changed a little bit. The, sure. the fuel cell's a little bit smaller. Sure. And, uh, and uh, you know, those, those guys, they're going to slow them down next year with that standardized pit gun. And, and yeah. I, I don't have a problem with that, you know. So Gibbs comes in and spends a million dollars to build a pit gun. So now he's got an advantage. So everybody else has to spend a million. So as soon as they yeah. get theirs done, Gibbs is good, no good anymore. You can't yeah. run everybody out of business. Right, right. By, by, by next will be the $5 million yeah. gun. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Do you feel, uh, I know we're talking about this in terms of how great the competition is today. Do you feel it starts to get out of hand when people are spending millions and millions on simulation or yeah. or whatever? I mean, if, if there's no such thing, but if there was like a golden, if you're the benevolent dictator of NASCAR, yeah. what, what what could you change to Well, that's that's really good. I, I, I've got a lot of things that, that, and I know that we're in a technology age, and, and I just think that's, and, and this is my opinion, I think that we, we raced these cars for 50 damn years and never had a problem with them running sideways. Yeah. Right. The day that one guy figured that out and figured his car was faster, then they let us start to manipulate uh, parts and pieces on these cars. And we have spent millions and millions of dollars doing that. If that was a standardized piece, it would have saved all that money. Yeah. Now, the one thing that, that a lot of people are just wrong about when, when they say, well, if you, spend mo- if you save money here, you're just going to spend it somewhere else. That may be true for some of the race teams. Some of them don't have that money to spend there to start with. Yeah. And we're seeing that uh, uh, the expense of the sport right now is going up and up and up and up. There has to be a stopping point somewhere. And I think that I think that now with, with technology and, you know, back in the day, you, you bought your parts. Now you build your parts. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, you, you had a choice of A, B, and C, and now you can build anything that you want to build. So, yeah. yeah. So it's a whole different deal. All right. So you had, in your day, you had Petrie, Shelmerdine, yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. Who's, Larry, who's, Larry Mack. What? Larry Mack. Larry Mack. Who was your guy? Who was, who, was the, who was the crew chief that you felt understood it better than anybody? Well, I've been, uh, and Shemardine was a good guy, and, and yeah. I really liked working with Kurt. We were able to do a lot of cool stuff. Andy Petrie was a, was a friend, still is a friend. Uh, I, I got a lot of respect for Andy because Andy is one of those guys uh, that's done it all. He started out working in the shop, ended up owning a race team, was a crew chief, owned a race yeah. team, and now he's doing a lot of business stuff. So yeah. I think that's a guy that, that, uh, that you got to kind of look up to that's been able to adjust for a lot of different situations. Who is the most Dale Earnhardt like today, do you think? Uh, well, uh, I, I, I've said this before. Kyle Busch is yeah. an incredible talent on the racetrack. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of some of the things off the racetrack. Uh, I got quoted the other day on some of the uh, shows and everything. I said this on Sirius, and I'll stick with this. The only thing that can stop Kyle Busch is Kyle Busch. Right. Yeah. So Dale Earnhardt was known as being a prankster. Yeah. Um, Kevin Harvick ended up t- continuing on with that program, mm-hmm. and he's also known as a prankster. Who are the top pranksters that you worked with, you know, in your time or that, that you heard about? I, I love to tell some of these stories. You guys get me thinking about stuff. <laughs> so you guys have heard me talk about Richard, how tough Richard is. Yeah, he? yeah. He's a big hunter, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. right. You saw all the animals yeah, mm-hmm. in the uh, wildlife conservation area. But even though he's a big hunter, 
Uh, some things bother him a little bit, okay. you know. So we're at Talladega back in the day, testing. And we were in the Goodyear building because at that time, everything was outside Goodyear building. Right, right. was a place you could kind of get warm. Sure. We were in there, and the mouse ran across the floor. Okay. And Earnhardt saw it and got it. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> he didn't run over got it. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ran him up to a corner, got him, got him in his head. And put it in Richard's pocket. <laughs> now, now look. He he would come to the race shop when he'd come up here. It wouldn't be anything unusual. He had a possum, a snake, or whatever. <laughs> whatever yeah. He 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 caught a snake and put it in his toolbox in his truck. Forgot about it. Oh god! And opened his truck up and it bit him. Oh, oh, oh Jesus! Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was always doing uh, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I guess that uh, he, he, he was, and forgive me for saying this, Dale, he used to love to dish it out, but he sure wasn't too much at taking it. Oh, to be oh honest, okay. okay. Yeah, but everybody okay. knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe kind of like a gunsman or something uh, like okay. that. Yeah, okay. I got you. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know. Is there any amazing rental car stories? I'll say one. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you one story, but I won't mention any names because I like to protect the innocent. Okay. okay. And by the way, this goes so, – so now when you go to the racetrack, if you're a Chevy team, you, you better have a Chevy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It hadn't been that long. Nobody cared. You know, go right. get a rental car. You, know, you, know, it's you yeah, said, yeah, yeah. hey, you got a rental yeah. car. You didn't say, is it a GM? It is it a Ford? Right, 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 right. I remember being in Michigan way back in the day, maybe with a new Lincoln, right? And maybe just, maybe just went out to a club. Uh, okay. And maybe park the Lincoln <laughs> on the railroad tracks. <laughs> and I may or may not have heard a guy say, I'd give 1995 to see a train hit a Lincoln any day. <laughs> now, we did get out and uh, we did you get win. out and, and, and move the car before the train got there. Okay. okay. You were yeah, about yeah. to win of yeah. all the rental car yeah. stories we've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, it, 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 it's crazy that we're talking about this because, once again, I, I had a, a high-ranking manager uh, that told the guys one day that they need to be uh, more careful with the rental cars. And I might have said this to the manager. You're the worst one. <laughs> You're, you are the example. They all want to be like you. And you're doing it, but you don't want them to. Right, you know, yeah, you, right, you, that's right. not the way it works. You, you, can't, you can't do it that way, right? <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, if there's one thing we've learned with some of the giveaways that we're doing, yeah. uh, is that our fans are very lazy. Yeah. Um, so your nickname, Chocolate, is a yep. Google search away. It's not yep, hard yep. to find. But the, the two-minute version, Chocolate, where did this come from? Yeah, it's one of the uh, questions that people ask me probably more than anything else. Richard said when he goes to the racetrack, the, the main question is, where's chocolate? Uh, but I'll explain this to you. So not very far from right here, uh, five or six miles up the road, we used to play Little League football, the tiny Greyhounds. Yeah. <laughs> we had a field, and uh, the bus would come by and pick us all up and take us to the ball field, the poor kids from the poor side of town. And... We would play in that dirt field, but stayed outside all the time and yeah. just stayed 
just stayed plum brown, you know. Right. And uh, <laughs> and uh, went out for a pass one day, and the coach, who believe it or not, his name was Henry Ford. <laughs> there you go. Not the Henry Ford, right, but right. Henry Ford. Oh, Henry Ford said, catch the ball, chocolate drop. And from that day forward, that's who I was. Now, uh, you may have to eliminate this out of the uh, out of the story, okay? Uh, because we're living in a politically correct world now. Uh, yeah, we we understand. Uh, yeah. But my brother and I, we were only 15 months apart, and we were pretty close. We looked alike, and they were all standing there laughing. And and by the way, growing up growing up in North Carolina back in the time, uh, we either we were either white or black. You know, yeah, we yeah. we didn't have. Uh, a diverse community like we have now. And I remember my brother laughing and and the coach said, what are you laughing at? He said, you look like a little Mexican. He said, your name's (laughs) going to be Poncho. (laughs) So, so growing up, growing up, it was not Danny and Richard. It was chocolate and Poncho. Poncho. And and a lot of people never knew. Now, my brother's passed away now, but my brother moved later on uh, to Florida. Uh, he worked on the Cape. He got a job on the Cape, and, and like he said, the first day he went to work, the guy said, what's your name? And he said, my name is Richard Myers. And the guy said, dude, we got like five Richards working here now. He said, what was your daddy's name? And he said, my name, my daddy's name was Bobby Myers. He said, you're Bob. <laughs> when I would go to Florida to visit my brother, yeah. uh, whose real name was Richard, that nobody knew that, <laughs> who we all knew him as Poncho, nobody knew that. Right. <laughs> You had to ask for Bob. Yeah. Right. So uh, <laughs> when when my brother passed away, we 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 made a little thing there. Richard, Bob, Poncho Myers. There you go. So, yeah. Uh, that's what it was. My 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 mother went to a, a PTA meeting and told the teacher. I guess sixth, seventh grade, whatever it was. Told the teacher. She said, "I think my son's in your class." Teacher said, "What's your son's name?" And my mother said. My, my son is Danny Myers, and the teacher said, hey, he's not in my class. The only Myers I have is Chocolate Myers. There so you I, go. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's stuck, <laughs> it's stuck ever since. That's official. Literally, if somebody says, Danny, do you – like literally just not even – does it even count anymore? Very few people do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some people don't even know. But yeah. here's one of the dumbest asked questions you get asked. You know, right? <laughs> Is your real name Chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> do I look like no. a stripper? Right. No. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's – and, and then the other part, you guys love funny stuff. So I had a lady. Two more stories here. All right. Now we we got a, all the time. It's for I you. I had a lady at the racetrack come up to me one time, and she said, uh, you're Chocolate Myers, right? I said, yeah. She said, does everybody from down south have a nickname? And I went, no, if you don't ask me, just ask Slick or Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> now, now uh, race fan story. Race fan comes up to me. I don't know where we're at. He said, hey, buddy, he said, uh, got a, you guys got a guy on your team named Chocolate Myers? And I said, yeah. He said, which one is it? And I said, that's me. He went, you don't remember me, do you? And I went, uh, no, and evidently you don't remember me either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, the yeah. barbecue was awesome. This the beans, I had to have seconds. They were yep. so good. I just, I feel bad that Dario didn't get yep. to have any yeah, of this. Yeah, Dario's so, in the car yeah. waiting on us. So. I hate it. Yeah. yeah. Cotton's got the check. You gone someone to me, didn't you? Always. <laughs> that's, his, that's his job. I'm finished. Woo! Chocolate Myers!
All right, Chocolate Myers. Once again, if you get the chance, head out to Lexington, North Carolina, and check out the uh, Richard Childress Racing Museum. It's crazy. It really is just a shop that just stopped running. And they basically said, nope, that's a museum now. And every car in there is, uh, is a real working piece of history. Uh, Chocolate's an awesome dude. Check him out on Trading Paints on Sirius XM Radio. And uh, let's get the hell out of here. Another band uh, that is submitted to us. And again, if you've got a band that you want to get on here, uh, check us out through the website and, and get yourself listed. Uh, this is a group called the Vince Johnson Band that is with an H, J-O-N-S-O-N. They're on uh, Spotify and YouTube. This is a song called Then I Saw Me. Enjoy! Look at the dust And the gravel fly You couldn't leave me fast enough You couldn't even say goodbye Another fight In our little Only this feels a little different From the battles of before So I stumbled through the house And I opened every door Then I saw me I saw me Without you well, I was lost Dazed and confused To let you go Baby, I refuse Cause I saw me
Me without.